We are Anthem Church. Thanks for checking out our podcast. For all the info you need, visit anthemforall.org and follow at Anthem Church Chicago. So that's where we met. That's kind of a typical story. And um, But then when you hear the rest of our story, then you'll know it's all to God's glory because it could not have happened any other way. There's just no way that any of the uh, any of the buttons we pushed, any of the things that we did outside of trying to respond to, to his call would have gotten us where we are today, gotten us to the we started our own advertising aid worldly things, right? We were we were working like crazed people, right? To try to make a lot of money and buy things that don't matter to impress people who don't didn't care. Right? That, I mean that's pretty much what we were doing. And if you think if you're if you're wrapped up in worldly things, that's sort of the that's the drill, right? That's what happens. But we were growing in, in our faith. Um, and we were listening to people like Dr. Charles Stanley. I don't know if you, you know him or not. Um, but he, he's such a great teacher. And he would, he would sort of bring ideas to us. And we, we were able to grow in our faith. And we got to the point where we were really groaning, right? Our, our, our spirits were wanting more and wanting to be more. And so some of that actually led us to come to Chicago. So we're, we're really, I mean, native Kentuckians don't just generally up and move to Chicago, right? And they don't have the urge to move to Chicago. So, but we did and, and it all, you know, worked out and, and things began to come together. And um, we uh, built an advertising agency in Chicago as well that was successful. And then uh, it transitioned in, into uh, my business, Brand Trust, which is a consulting business now. Um, and so, that's uh, that's the story we'll tell you, and we'll tell you where that story branched off into By the Hand, and Donita will share that with you. I want to make sure that I, I don't forget to share one thing with you. We were blessed to travel to a lot of churches uh, for a lot of different reasons, to share By the Hand, and just because we, tra- we have to travel a lot. Um, to, I just want you to know we're stalking your church. <laughs> you guys are so good. God is in this place. Make no mistake about it. So um, I also just want to say it is such an honor to be here today. This church has ministered to Daryl and me in um, deep ways. And that's um, through Steve and Debs and through Nancy H. and Gary and Candace. And I'm going to stop there because I'll forget so many of you. But again, it's just an honor to be here today and blessing to um, someone here today. So thank you. Thank you for inviting us. But as Daryl said, we were growing in our faith. We were both Christians before we got married, but we really started our walk in earnest after we got married. And it started out at home on the couch watching uh, Dr. Charles Stanley on Sunday morning. And uh, we started hungering for more. So we joined a good Bible teaching church in Louisville and started going to church. And then when we moved to Chicago, we started uh, going to Moody Church. And again, just continued getting that solid, good word uh, from uh, solid Bible teaching. And again, we are just uh, so happy whenever we come to Anthem to know that we're going to get good, solid Bible teaching. We really appreciate that. And you know, that's the start of, of growing in our faith. That led us to hunger for more. So we started reading our Bible more and more, and we started praying more and more. So our faith was growing, still working in um, the ad agency, still very driven, but our faith was growing. And we can say that our first big test of faith, and again, tests come along 
to refine us and grow us. Grow us. We cannot grow and we cannot be refined without tests. So our first test came in 1997 when um, I felt a clear call from the Lord to start working with kids in this neighborhood. Um, if you're not familiar with Chicago and you're not familiar with this neighborhood, this neighborhood is called Cabrini Green. And uh, we're still here. We're just uh, two blocks east of here on Oak Street. We serve about 250 kids who um, live in this neighborhood. Um, and it's gentrified quite a lot, but um, there are about 2,000 kids living in this neighborhood on welfare. So God called me while in advertising specifically to start working with kids in Cabrini Green. It was that specific. And um, he did it. You know, I don't have to, often when I speak and I say, I have to tell Anthem Church what is John 10, 10. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I came that you may have life and have it more abundantly, abundant life, and gave me the very clear thought in prayer, I want you to help kids in Cabrini Green have abundant life. It was that simple. And um, I can tell you that I had no idea um, what, what to do. I mean, I was clear on the call, but I didn't know like what the first step was. So I did the logical thing, the, the small step that was the logical thing to do. I went back to Moody Church. I met with the director of children's ministry, and I said, I really believe that God's calling me to help kids in Cabrini have abundant life. Can we do that together? And she said, you know, Donita, I feel God has been putting that on my heart as well. Let's do it. So we started uh, getting a Moody Church van. It was the ugliest <laughs> van you've ever seen in your whole life with Moody Church plastered on the side of it. We started getting it and just bringing it over here, picking up kids, taking them back to church. And I would work in advertising during the day and at nighttime, every night of the week, and on Saturdays, we would do something with kids here in Cabrini. That's how we got started, just a little step. And then the next sort of test of faith came in 2000 when I really sensed God's call to leave advertising completely and start by the hand club, which is a Christ-centered after-school program, so a very structured after-school program every day. Um, and I tell you, that was, that was a big step of faith, huge step of faith. I'd been volunteering and working with kids through Moody Church for uh, three or four years, but having that conversation with Daryl was a very interesting conversation, so I'm going to let him jump in right there. <laughs> Well, I didn't have the same calling <laughs> at that moment in time, but being prayerful and, and thoughtful and knowing that, that there's more going on here than just, she's a little bit impulsive, so you have to kind of hold her back sometimes, because the day that she, she was on a retreat and she had, she felt the calling, she wanted to quit that day, and she was running our company, so we couldn't quite do that. <laughs> it took a little bit of time to work through the transition, so, but that, but um, that was easy after a while, right? It, it worked out fine. And then, but there's parts of the story that are, again, I want to go back to that you know God is in it, right? So when we moved, when we moved to Chicago, our first office was at 833 West Chicago Avenue, which is just like a half a block west of Halstead. And we would joke that that's 
people ask us where our office was, and we would say, just, we're just west of respectability, because that was not a good neighborhood, right? And, and I knew Chicago better than Dunedin when we moved here, and I told her, whatever you do, do not ever walk through Cabrini Green. Do not ever go into Cabrini Green. Do not get lost. Do not turn the wrong way. Do not go into Cabrini Green. And then we moved to 343 West Erie, which is, is it God's got us in Cabrini Green, right? I mean, w without us even realizing what's happening, we're right there. We're right, we're, we can see Cabrini Green every day when we go to work. And so I think that just, just, you just know that God's, he knows, right? He knows everything. He's got a plan. He's got a plan for you and for me. He knows, <laughs> excuse me, exactly what he's doing. So in the meantime, he said uh, to me, I've never, I've never struggled, right, with uh, my calling. I've always been, it's always been really clear to me. I knew when I was 16 years old that I wanted to be in advertising. Too much bewitched again, but <laughs> nevertheless, I, it was, it's, I've never been called to preach. I've never been called to teach. I've never been called to do any of that kind of stuff. It's, I've been called to do what I do, and, and I feel comfortable and confident in that. But also it's clear that God was using that, right? He put it together so that it was a great combination. And um, the calling, Greeny Green, all of those, um, I've been able to write books, and we're well-regarded in our business. But we also um, are known as a company that causes companies to be better. Right? We help them to understand their customers better. We help them to be more purpose-driven. We help them to be better companies. Because better companies are good. Good for the world and good for our society, that sort of thing. We also get to do lots of things like we created the campaign for secondhand smoke for the government. So we're responsible that none of us can smoke in public in America. We did that work. We're very, very proud of that sort of thing. That's God's, that's God's gift for being faithful. That's God's gift in, in our mind. Uh, so it's, it's those kinds of things right there. there. The rewards are there. The blessings are there um, if you are always listening, if you're always paying attention. So <clears throat> I remember the story a little differently. <laughs> so I remember actually asking... My start. It's just the true part. <laughs> asking Daryl for permission to leave advertising and start by the hand club. And he'll laugh and say, Donita, you've never asked me for permission to do anything in your whole life. So again, we're still working out those details. But <clears throat> nevertheless... Can I, just, can I just interrupt and throw in one? When we got married, we made a sort of a little pact that um, any of the little decisions, like I'm not that great at details, she is. All the little decisions, she would make them, and I wouldn't have to worry with them. But the big decisions in our lives and our marriage... I would make all those decisions. It's really curious there has yet to be one big decision. <laughs> I know it's coming. Eventually it'll come. So he did give me his blessing. He came to me and he gave me his blessing to leave advertising, and I did. I uh, waited for that. I did. I knew that God wouldn't call me to do something without my husband uh, blessing it and being supportive. And I tell you, that yes, when you talk about yeses, that yes was yes. so it's just a real important part of the story. I think his yes was a harder yes than even my yes. But anyway, he said yes. And so, uh, again, doing the next logical thing, um, I started by the hand club with 16 kids from this neighborhood. 
and a mom who uh, lived in this neighborhood. She was our first staff member. And we started in a room at the Moody Church. So again, just a small yes, small step, next logical thing. And um, I just want to fast forward to today. Praise God. We're serving nearly 1,600 kids in four different neighborhoods. We've had over 4,000 kids come through our doors. Of the kids that have come through our doors, more than 80% of our high school freshmen have graduated high school. That's higher than the national average. More than 80% of our high school graduates have gone on to college and technical school. Again, higher than the national average. Every year, more than 80% of our kids say they have a personal and saving relationship with Jesus Christ. Absolutely incredible. Um, And all of that, I would have never dreamed that those little yeses back in 1997 and then in 2001 and then the other yeses, never, ever, ever dreamed that God would do what he has done through those yeses and that little yes in 1997. So um, just want to share one quick story, um, and I'll make it really quick, and then we'll just make a couple of points and then um, bring the plane down. But, um, you know, I, I love stories. I think we all do. But one of my, and I, and, and I have a lot of stories. Some I can tell, some I can't tell. <clears throat> Especially in front of Daryl. <laughs> but uh, one of my um, dearest uh, relationships at By the Hand Club is with a young lady named Medeja. But I met Medeja nine years ago when she was in the sixth grade. Uh, She lived in Inglewood at the time, and this is her story in her own words, and I'm just going to read four short paragraphs from her story. But Medeja said, before attending by the hand club, I was a really shy kid. I did not talk much, even if that meant speaking up in school because I didn't understand. I've been crying, and so my eyes are a little bit foggy. Um, She said, I had low self-esteem especially physically, because of how crooked my teeth were, the darkness of my skin, and even the thickness of my hair. I really struggled inside, but I didn't have anyone to talk to, to share my feelings with, because I was not comfortable with most people. She says, Inglewood was a tough neighborhood, high in poverty and violence. My school was surrounded by violence every day, gangs and more. So the students had to experience that all the time, before, during, and after school. She said, I did struggle academically before sixth grade, but I didn't realize it before by the hand club. She says, "Um, from the first day of programming to today, by the hand club cares. You can tell because they've provided so much help for me and my family. I mentioned dealing with low self-esteem They blessed me with braces for my teeth. It probably sounds so simple, but it changed my life. I was the first child in my school to be seen with braces. It made me more confident in myself when I speak and when I smile. And then the last paragraph here. It was like a different environment inside of By the Hand Club Walls all because they cared for me and provided resources that helped me. 
I am now at Taylor University, so she's on a full scholarship at a Christian University fellow, which is huge. They're only about... Most importantly, she says, and because of By the Hand Club, I now want to devote my life to helping others, especially children in my community. So what's so exciting to me is, again, that little yes was Daryl and me saying yes, and we can see a little glimpse of the impact of that, but we won't know. You won't know. We won't know until we get to heaven the full impact of that, because what's going to happen through the medasias of the world? And I don't know if you want to talk about Edward Kimball right now, or if you want to save that, because... Oh, sure. That's perfect. I just want to tell everybody, too, that I'm a Chick-fil-A fellow, but it's a different kind of fellow. <laughs> you know what I mean, you probably see, you probably tell that I am. Uh, I just wanted to share with this with you because I just think this is, this is one of my favorite stories. Hopefully I can get through it. Uh, but I, I wrote a book called Little Things, Big Returns, and it's a, biz, it's a business book, obviously, but it's about um, the, the idea that if companies do the true thing, the authentic thing, the human thing, the honest thing, the the purposeful thing, they'll be better companies. And they'll be more successful, actually. They, they, there's just so much evidence to that. But Little Things, Big Returns is, uh, is true in, in this sense as well. Uh, do you guys know Edward Kimball? Does that name ring a bell? No, no, I, I want you to remember this name. This is a really important name. Because Edward Kimball was, um, in the mid-1800s, he was a Sunday school teacher. <laughs> This story. I have such a hard time with this story. Let me see if I can get over it and share it with you. Um, anyway, he was a Sunday school teacher, and uh, he taught uh, young guys, like 16, 17 years old. And one showed up one day and um, new to the class, and uh, Edward Kimball hand, handed him a Bible. The Bible was closed, and then Edward um, cited a scripture for them to turn to, and uh, the other boy, he, he didn't know, and he was fumbling, and the other kids were starting to and that sort of thing. And what kids do, right? They were starting to snicker and, and grin and smirk and that sort of thing. And Edward Kimball saw that, and um, he had his Bible open to the Scripture, so he just handed the Bible to the young man and then took the other Bible back. That kid. <laughs> little things, right? Little steps. Um, that young man told that story the rest of his life. That young man's name was D.L. Moody. D.L. Moody. That's what all of us need to be doing, those kinds of little things, right? Yeah, little things. That story just overwhelms me. But I have to tell you the rest of the story, and I can't tell it, so I have to read it. Uh, Edward Kimball was uh, concerned about um, that young man, and he decided to visit him at the shoe store where the young man worked. Kimball found the young man working in the back stocking shelves and led, them, led him to Christ right then and there. Dwight L. Moody <coughs> eventually left the shoe store to become one of the greatest preachers and evangelists of all time. But here, listen, this story is unbelievable. Moody, whose international speaking took him to the British Isles, preached in a little chapel pastored by a young man with the imposing name of Frederick Brotherton Meyer. In his, in his sermon, Moody told an emotionally charged story about a Sunday school teacher who personally went to every student in his class and led each of them to Christ. That message changed Pastor Meyer's ministry, inspiring him to become an evangelist like Moody. <laughs> 
over the years Myers came to America. We're speaking in Northfield, Massachusetts. A young preacher heard Myers say, if you're not willing to give up everything for Christ, are you willing to be made willing? That remark led J. Wilbur Chapman to respond to the call of God on his life. Chapman went on to become one of the most effective evangelists of his time, a volunteer by the name of Billy Sunday, the name probably we all know, helped set up his crusades and learned how to preach by watching Chapman this century. Billy Sunday's preaching brought thousands to Christ. Inspired by a 1924 Billy Sunday crusade in Charlotte, North Carolina, a group of Christians dedicated themselves to reaching their city for Christ. The group invited the evangelist Mordecai Ham. What a name, right? <laughs> Mordecai Ham is going to preach today. <laughs> to come and hold a series of evangelistic meetings in 1932. A lanky 16-year-old sat in the huge crowd one evening, spellbound by the message of the white-haired preacher, um, each evening, the preacher seemed to be shouting and waving his finger at the young man. Night after night, the teen came and finally went forward to give his life to Christ. That teenager was Billy Graham. All because Edward Kimball took that little step, that one little step. So that's the Moody Church. That's the connection to by the hand. That's this church. This church was a plant. Park Church Church was a plant church from the Moody Church. So I can't wait to say hello to Edward Kimball someday. (laughs) Right? See, it's it's such a wonderful, amazing story. And it chokes me up so much because if all of us realized, if all of us could overcome our fears and our anxiety and take that little step, you never know. Where that step is leading. So um, the topic today is leadership uh, and faith, and so we just wanted to close by showing, um, sharing just a few observations, just from our own personal experience about faith uh, and leadership. And again, um, we've not mastered these; uh, we're, we're learning these, uh, and we just want to make sure that that you know that. But we have three, three, um, three experiences uh, that we'd like to share with you. I'll give them to you, and you can write them down if you want. Um, but the first one is faith is action. If you want to write that down, faith is action. Sounds, you know, faith sounds like it would be illogical. So just to um, share a little bit about each one of those. So faith is action. It's not just believing something in your head. You have to act on it in order for it to be faith. And um, Steve referred to this verse last night, but I love, um, I love he- Hebrews 11.1, 1, which says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Substance means physical matter. <laughs> uh, evidence means tangible proof. And you don't get physical matter and tangible proof without doing something. Yeah, so again, faith is action. And Steve, I was looking through um, the verses that you shared with us last night from Hebrews 11. And if you look, you know, by faith, it says, by faith, Abel offered. By faith, Noah constructed. By faith, Abraham went. By faith, Jacob blessed. If you look, they are all action verbs. Uh, Faith is action. And um, I just wanted to share one quick story. 
about faith in action, again, I could share many, but this is one that, oh, I just think it's such a great example. You heard um, me say that By the Hand Club started in a little room at the Moody Church, and we operated there for just a couple of months, and then we wanted to be here in Cabrini. We wanted to be in the neighborhood. We knew that was important. And there was a... um, Empty space on the corner of Hudson and Oak. It's no longer there, but it was the bottom two floors of a tenant high rise, and it had been gutted out and uh, made uh, one large space, two bottom floors, and it was empty. So the director of children's ministry, Allison and I, and actually the mom that we had hired, Ruby Givens, and Ruby was the one that could say yes or no to leasing this space to us. So we introduced ourselves, shared what we were doing, and said, Ruby, will you please let us lease this space from you for By the Hand Club? And this woman, with tears in her eyes, said, Donita, I can't tell you how many churches and how many organizations have asked me for that space, and I've told them all no. She said, but I'm going to tell you yes, and here's why. It's because you're part of Moody. And when I was a little girl, the Moody Bible Institute students would come over and play with me here in Cabrini. Nobody else would come to Cabrini, but they would come. They would come in the rain. They would come in the snow. They would come when there was shooting. They were faithful. So when I think about faith in action, I think about those faithful Moody students, and I think about as a result of their faith in action, we experienced the evidence of the unseen decades later, 2001. Yeah, it was just um, absolutely amazing um, to me how their faith in action ended up in... um, the, the, you know, modern-day evidence, if you will, of By the Hand Club. So faith, faith is action. Second one is faith is logical. And again, this is something that you touched on last night. But one of my favorite um, stories in the Bible is when the Israelites are there at the Red Sea. God, the Bible says God led them there. And... Um, if you read about that location, it, it seems to be a canyon. So they have mountains on each side, the Red Sea in front of them, and the uh, Pharaoh you know, coming up behind them. And they're complaining, crying out to Moses, what, you know, what have you done? Why do you cry to me? Tell the children to go forward. Now, I don't know about you, but if I was Moses or I was the Israelites, I would say, go forward? Where? <laughs> you know, where am I supposed to go forward? Now, um, You know, he put his staff over the water. God told him to do this, and the sea parted, and they were able to move forward step by step. But there is actually, um, there's a preacher that Daryl and I was reading about from the 19th century. His name is C.H. McIntosh, and he actually um, believed that the Red Sea opened step by step progressively as the Israelites went through. And I don't know if that's true or not. When I read the Bible, it just seems like there was a wall you know, of water on each side that he parted the sea. Either way, it doesn't matter because it took faith, right? So whether it was step by step, it may have taken more faith to walk through with a wall, wall of water on each side. 
But the bottom line is it was step by step, and in their case, and in my case, this is certainly how God has, um, God has dealt with me. He never shows me two steps at a time. It's always one step at a time. And remember, you know, earlier we've talked about it's one small step, one logical step. And so when we say faith is logic or faith is logical, it's do the next logical thing. And then God will show you what the next logical thing to do is. And I even think this relates to what you were saying last night, Steve, about step into the victory that Jesus has won for us. But it's step by step. You know, you had to step out of the aisle last night. I mean, again, it's faith in action. It's step by step. And it's just doing the next logical thing. What is the next logical thing? And then God will show you step by step. And then the last um, faith is success. Success is in our response. It's not in the results. And this is really hard on me because I'm very, very, very results-oriented. But I have to, you know, remind myself all the time that great story. I know that uh, probably many of who serve Elizabeth Elizabeth Elliott, she's the uh, missionary um, who served uh, in Ecuador to the very tribe that had murdered her husband, which... Oh, I can't even imagine. Talk about God's grace. But a story that maybe you haven't heard is she had worked two years on a Bible translation, had it in a suitcase, was delivering it to the publisher, and someone stole the suitcase, and it was never retrieved. And someone asked her, how did you feel about losing two years' worth of work? And she said, you know what? I did it for the Lord. It was worship for the Lord, and you can never lose anything you do for the Lord. So it doesn't matter. I know that, that again, it, it hurts me um, and it scares me to think about failing, quote-unquote failing, but no, nothing that I do for the Lord will be lost. Nothing. Um, no one can take that away from me, including the devil. So faith is success. Anything else? I just want to leave you with this, just this thought, right, that um, I interview a lot of young people, and they, they always want to jump from graduating from college to being president of the company. <laughs> There's nothing in between, uh, which is fine. That's wonderful, except I, I always explain to them there are steps. It does, it does take a little bit of time. Sometimes it's a whole year, you know. <laughs> So I just I, I just want to remind all of us that um, we we can relax, right? We we don't have to. We're not all going to conquer the world. We're not all going to be Billy Graham. Edward Kimball was not going. He had no idea what God's plan was. He just knew that it was that step. Take that first step. So we just need to relax and know it's God's plan, and to just listen, listen and take that next logical step, um, and be fearless. Fear is the, and um, not get in the way of God's plan. Because if he, if he could just, if all of us could just get ourselves to take that first little step, it's no telling what God would do, right? It, it could just be amazing. Um, and then Steve gave us this great verse, which I just have fallen in love with. This is Ephesians 3.20. Never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all of this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imagination. He will uh, outdo them all for his miraculous power. Constantly energizes you.
He's got it. Yeah. He's got it. You can, if you look at us and you really got into our story in depth, you'd know he did it. You would know he did it. We were not. We had, had didn't have the background. We didn't have the motivation. We didn't have anything. He did it. And then you look back on the story of our lives, you see him moving the pieces. He's awesome. So um, just know that that first small step might be a giant leap for the kingdom, right? Go for it. So. Um So you can close this in prayer. Yeah, Father, we love you and we praise you. Thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to share. Lord, you're so awesome. We love you. We worship you. We honor you. We praise you. We fear you. We obey you. Lord, we adore you. You are so perfect in every way. You go before us. You love us. You hold us up. You protect us. You provide for us. And Lord, you are so patient with us. Oh, my goodness. We love you so much. Lord, Please smile on this conference. Please help everyone be inspired. Please draw everyone to you. And please, Lord, help everyone to take that first step. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening. To stay up to date, follow at Anthem Church Chicago and visit us, anthemforall.org. Anthem Church, all of Jesus for everyone.